Hello, hello everybody. Hope everyone is having a fantastic week so far. It is Wednesday. Congratulations, you've made it halfway through the week and it is time for another happy hour. I'm so excited. Uh, as you can tell, I am in a lovely hotel room at the moment. I don't have my usual happy hour glass. Gotta deal with the hotel stuff. What do you do? We gotta make do. But I'm very, very excited about today's guest because uh, we're doing things a little bit different this time. Normally, you know, we're in totally different places, the guests I'm talking to, um, but I just happen to be in Florida, hence the hotel room, filming an episode or a couple of episodes of All Girls Garage, which means my lovely guest is right oh, no! <laughs> in the flesh yes so it's kind of we're doing this vertical so we're gonna be all comfy cozy on the couch and um this and is not safe social distancing this is definitely not safe social distancing uh and and we have an excuse and that is that we've been filming on set all week which means there's we no way how do two technicians work on the same engine bay and be safely socially distanced so we yeah. just have to be really safe in real life which all both of us didn't know that we are so, yeah yeah Pretty much. After I socialize okay. with Faye, I go home and then I don't see anybody for two weeks because I'm afraid that she might have infected me. Just kidding. Ah! <laughs> this may be true. This may be true. <laughs> oh, hi, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yes, hello, hello, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm so excited to have you guys all here. I'm so excited to have Faye here. So for those of you who don't know Faye, I'm not sure how that would happen, but if you don't know Faye, um, she is a technician, ASC certified technician, very long career uh, as an automotive technician. She is also obviously one of um, the hosts. She's my co-host. <laughs> She's one of the hosts on Old Girls Garage. She's my co-host on Old Girls Garage for the last, uh, this is our second year. We're just wrapping up her second season. And um, we met each other originally on the Chevy Montage Project, but even before that we met at a training program with World Pack. And she's just a phenomenally talented woman, and it's super awesome to be working with her, and super awesome to have you here. So thanks for joining me. Oh Cheers. My God. Oh, yes. Cheers, my beverage. What are you drinking today? Um, okay, so I was not ready for like, going full out bourbon in the in the actual so I'm going bourbon kombucha so I've got this lovely bourbon kombucha yeah oh sorry she just flashed me with <laughs> I just put it all over you this is a unity vibration peach bourbon kombucha beer that's fancy yeah I know I was like oh this is gonna be like light and like nothing but I'm it's just like, drinking bourbon yeah it's like eight <laughs> percent so we'll see if I can make it through this without getting shwasty but so in other words this is gonna be a very interesting very interesting hour, so yeah. I hope you're all <laughs> Tuning in and playing, playing it on staying till the end when she gets nice and rip roaring drunk, and mm -hmm. the uh, the questions will just get more interesting. So. <laughs> It's actually freaking delicious. And if you guys have questions, we're going to try to keep up with stuff, but we've got to be, in order to fit us both in the frame, we've got to be a little further, a little further away, back. so it's a little bit more challenging. But if you do have questions, use the little question button on the bottom. We'll be able to see them that way, and we will oh, do really? our best to answer your questions as much as we can. Oh, cool. So... All right, so Faye, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Just kidding, we've been doing this. All, I know we've been all working day. together all day, <laughs> but um, but we're gonna we're gonna switch this up a little bit from our usual banter, and um, and I'm gonna ask you some questions if that's all right with you. I, I think I can. And you that. are welcome to ask me some questions as well. Oh, may I? This might be a little bit more of a casual happy hour than we've had in the past because we're right, right here, here with each other, which changes the dynamic, as you can clearly uh, see. Somebody asked if we still have the TV show. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're filming right now, so more episodes. Episodes coming very very soon so stay tuned to Motor Trend and uh, you'll see those popping up really soon 
So, um, I want to rewind with you a little bit. We've we've talked about who you are now and what you do now. Um, I forgot to mention that she's a great YouTube creator. She's got a phenomenal channel. So, if you Thanks. don't already follow her on YouTube, check that out and give her a follow and give her some love. Um, but how how did you start out? What was your like? How did how did you become an auto mechanic? That is such a good question, and I was like trying to condense this into like a little sound bite today, and it's it's just really hard to do because it was such a random journey. And actually, um, it's it's a little bit similar to yours in some in some senses. So I started out like my mother would tell you that I came out of the womb loving cars, loving things <laughs> with wheels, and loving going fast. It's just who I was, and so um, naturally, like I really I really loved the freedom of cars. And I love the idea of cars. So even as like a little child, I love playing with toy cars. And it actually like in middle school, when you're like, what are you gonna be when you grow up project comes up? I was like, oh, I'm gonna be an auto mechanic. Like that was just something that I had always thought was a possibility for me because I was, well, I was really lucky because my mom um, always embraced whatever I wanted to do. So like, for example, ice hockey was one of my passions as well. And she never like told me that I couldn't do anything because of my gender. Like she never restricted me. She was like, ah, my daughter loves this. And so she just like embraced that and just like ran with it. And um, cause I was like a little bit, a little bit sheltered, was like a little bit homeschooled aside from like real school. Like What's a little bit homeschooled? Um, uh, well, we lived <laughs> Is like- Is that like a little bit pregnant? Oh my God, no. <laughs> uh, like sort of like lived in the boonies. And so, um, you know, my mom didn't like the, the schools that were available in like super, super, super rural New Hampshire. Mm. So she did a lot of like the early schooling with like just me. Um, so I didn't have like, and because I was so rural, I didn't have a lot of other people to like really get, um, to like model behavior for me. So I was like, I was very much alone. Um, and so I didn't really, I didn't really socialize. I didn't really see like what girls typically do and what boys typically do. Also didn't have TV, um, didn't watch movies. So didn't have the typical like Disney princess idea in my head either. Thank so, goodness. oh yeah. Now, you know, like then, and especially like middle school and high school, like, man, I was so mad that I didn't get to watch MTV and like right. no songs, like no pop culture and be cool. But like now as like an adult, I look back, I'm like, thank you, mom. You were amazing. Um, so like in my head, it was a perfectly acceptable career. I, I had no gender boundaries at all. I, I really didn't understand that that wasn't something I could do. It wasn't until my dad was like, uh, uh, that's not something that my mm. daughter's going to do. Um, and at that point he told me it was more because of like, in order to be happy, I've got to do something that makes money. He's, he's always like been very focused on money. Uh, and, uh, I, I don't know. Does that, does that bring you happiness? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, so I, I always like, despite what I may look like, uh, I, I look kind of rebellious, right? But I've also like, I've always been very much like wanting to please my parents. Wanting to do the right thing. Always got good grades. Always, you know, always never really got in trouble. Uh, well, a couple times, like never anything major. And, um, until more recently, <laughs> well, in high school a little bit too, but, um, no, nothing awful recently. No, but, uh, you know, it, I, I ended up taking a path that didn't really feel like was the right thing for me spiritually, but like was the right thing by like what the books say is the right thing to do. Yeah. So I got, I got my degree in psychology. Um, I graduated, I became a therapist. And, um, actually like halfway through college is when I sort of had like my first little mini midlife crisis. I wasn't making any friends. I didn't really fit in. School was really, really freaking hard. I had to work three jobs in order to pay for it. And I felt like I was losing my soul. Mm. And, um, actually I had just finished my second year 
and I was like walking home after taking some vinyls and I walked by this guy that had a Volkswagen GTI at a gas station. And I was like, whoa. I was like, that's eh, kind of a cool car. It was black, sparkly black purple, okay? Yeah. Um, and it had an Alaska license plate. And it's like random strange. I walked up, I was like, are you really from Alaska? He was like, uh, yeah. I was like, did you drive here? He's like, yeah. I'm like, why are you asking me these questions like stupid person, you know? I'm like, but I asked him about it. And he looked me in the eye and he was like, well, if you want to do this so badly, like how, how old are you? You probably don't have a house. I was like, no, you probably aren't married. He's like, no, we don't have kids. It's like, why don't you just do it? So I was like, all right. I dropped all my classes, bought a car, drove across the country and- Gay um, for strangers. Yeah. And advice from random strangers. <laughs> it, was a, it was a total mistake. I actually, yeah. um, I was trying to go to Alaska, never made it, ended up mm. in um, Washington state was the most Northern that I got. And I saw my dream car, which was this 1980 Volkswagen Rabbit. So the GTI bought the rabbit. This is a very long story. I ended up driving back home, barely made up. My engine blew up. Once again, I was like, I've got to be a good kid. Got to enroll back in school. Got to finish my degree. Okay. So I did, which took all of my money and I could not afford to rebuild this engine, but I did not want to let go of this car because I had this emotional attachment to it because until that time, that was like the most meaningful thing I'd ever done. Like was taking this road trip and like really it was just me and this car like all I had was a was a radio, not even a cassette player, mm. and like all this time to like think and really like that was my first chance to like figure myself out. Yeah, you know, I was like, remember when we were like going through your Beetle and we found your old cassette tapes, and it like it reminded you of this time. <laughs> okay, what was that? What was that cassette? Re okay, reggae. This is, this is a little reggae, tangent. <laughs> Faye was with me when I dug my Volkswagen bug out of my side yard Amazing. and we were going to start doing work on it and I opened it up and it, it was a time capsule. My car had been sitting there for six years. I don't know why I'm looking at her. It had been sitting for six years at least, if not more. And there was, there was stuff in it that we went through, including a bunch of cassette tapes that had kind of melted together from the Arizona sun. And, um, and the first cassette tape that I picked up was a mixtape that somebody had made for me. And the label on it said, Clutch Poppin' Reggae Rhythms. With two Ds. Rhythms. Rhythms. Um, but it, like, didn't it bring you back to that time in your life? Oh, totally. And I had a little Fisher Price sound system that was, I didn't have a tape recorder or a sound system in my car, so I had a Fisher Price and whoever was in the passenger seat had to hold the Fisher Price sound system and they got to listen to Clutch Pop and Reggae Rhythms. That, okay, that was amazing. <laughs> but like, those times in your life were really meaningful and like, I held on to that time. Throughout the rest of my college career, I remember being really upset when the college that I went to didn't have an automotive course because I'm just yeah. like, I need to teach myself how to rebuild this engine. I need to keep this car. No, it was not the 7M GTE. It was actually the um, it was the the little 1.5 liter naturally aspirated diesel that uh, Volkswagen made in the late 70s, early 80s. Total lemon. Um, but your baby, and that's all that matters, right? Yeah, yeah. I just knew I had to get this car going back, so yeah. um, I ended up. By some, by some stroke of luck, finding a local Volkswagen club and meeting a master Volkswagen mechanic nice. and telling him about how much I just really wanted to learn how to rebuild this car. Did he have any advice for me? And somehow I landed this basically apprenticeship internship in his shop after I was done with college. I would sweep the floor, empty oil change containers in exchange for his knowledge and advice just like a couple hours a day after work. And eventually, after a couple years of that, rebuilt the engine and realized that even after landing a job in my field yeah. at, that I got my degree in after right. landing that job, making $75 a freaking hour, which is more than I still <laughs> make to this day. Like 
I just, that was what I wanted to do more than anything. And okay, here's the story gets interesting because I was like, I really want to become a mechanic. And I talked to my mom about it and she was like, you know what, Faye, you've got nothing to prove to anybody. You've got your degree. No one's ever going to take that away from you, but you really can do what your heart desires. So I was like, gosh, at this point, I'd been through the school system. I had been in like more like modern culture. I'd seen other people, right? Um, <laughs> and I realized, okay, this isn't something that women really do. Uh, and I remember getting on the computer at school and looking up like, you know, mechanics, like female mechanics, women mechanics. And I came across a video in like 2007 or 2008. Like it was, it was a, a while a ago. ago. Um, I came across this video of a woman who owned her own m- repair shop. And I was like, oh my God, she's doing it. So can I. I was like, her shop had purple walls. I'm like, oh my God, she, like my favorite color is purple. She's got a purple shop. She's just like me. I can do it because she's doing it. And uh, it, it, that, that, that woman is bogey. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's a very long story. I don't know how to condense that into like five sentences. Um, so sorry. No, there's, there's a ton in that though. And I, I, there's been a theme that we've talked about over several weeks of this, several months of this, like how many of the ladies who I've interviewed have said, things along the lines of like, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I jumped in anyway. Like I dove in, I just sought it out. I was scared, but I did it anyway. And I love this like notion of the stranger telling you like, just do it and yeah. going, you know what? I'm gonna. And, and also like a lot of people ask, I'm sure you get this all the time. Like, how do we get into this? Uh, for a woman who, who maybe, or, or a man who is interested in cars, isn't doing this professionally, doesn't really know a whole ton, but wants to learn and wants to go into this profession. How do they get into it? How do they get their start? Do you go to school? Do you do you just get an apprenticeship? And so I, I think there was an interesting thing that you talked about with how you got your start of just like, I will do whatever it takes, teach me. Yes. Right? I will I will empty your garbage cans, I will sweep your floor, teach me. Yeah. And that's a really valid way of going about it. And there are those great shops out there. Like there are people who are willing to take you under their wing and show you all the things. And also, like, how long did you sweep floors for? Okay, the first four years of my career, y'all, were unpaid. Were just me, like, doing anything that it took. And I don't recommend that. Right. I was going to say, I don't necessarily recommend that. But, like, you you paid your dues. Yes. Right? Like, there was times when you did grunt work. Oh, my God. That was, yeah. (laughs) I did a lot of that. (laughs) Um, But, like. do. No, that, that being said, it's like, I mean, I also could have spent a ton of money and I could have gone to school and you know that now that I have my own shop and I, or my own business and I have apprentices of my own, I realize, wow, that's a huge time investment spending with someone else. And like only now, like 10 years later, am I realizing how much it took for the owner of a shop to believe in me enough to spend his time with me, let me use his tools Mm -hmm. and give me a little teeny little portion of the shop to keep my stuff, my engine. I I held up an engine stand. I didn't own my own. Um, It it was huge. And I think that's very rare. I think that's that's really rare to find nowadays anyway, too. I think it is, and it it kind of goes both ways, right? Like there are those shops and those people who want to give and give and give of their time and they want to teach and mentor and share their knowledge. And then... I think a lot have been burnt over the years by by young folks who don't necessarily realize or appreciate how much they're giving up to teach you and how much of their time they're giving for you, right? Yeah. And so if you get burnt too many times, like I, I heard a quote earlier today that was, you know, like even even nice people 
get tired of being nice to ungrateful people. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and it is. So like after a while then you start going, well, maybe I don't want to waste my time mentoring people. Right. So there is something to be said for that paying of dues, finding somebody willing to teach you, but then, then knowing that you're, you're going to spend some time paying your dues and you're going to spend some time mopping floors and emptying garbage cans. Lord knows I did too. Oh and, Yeah. 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 And I started out like they had this junkyard of Volkswagen. This is a Volkswagen Audi shop. Um, and I spent like my first, my first time actually wrenching on a car that wasn't mine was taking apart these junk cars that were eventually going to be shipped out. And I didn't realize how smart this was of him at the time, mm. but that's when I broke stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when I also started to learn what things were and also started to figure out what parts fit. So like, Hey, this part yeah. on this, you know, 2006 Audi could also fit on these Volkswagen models and these other Audi models. And like, yep. so I started to learn parts identification. I started to learn how to look things up on, um, not repair pal, uh, all data yeah. and I, you know, how to use a bag com and like all this like little stuff that I could just tinker with. Like he thought, I don't know how it occurred to him to like think about how to take the first steps with me, but Man, I have so much appreciation for him now. Yeah. Like, I can't it's believe that. It's funny you say that because I actually got my start similarly. My my first job, my boss did not want to hire me. He, Surprise. Um, so, shocking. He was like, I don't want to hire you. I don't think women should be mechanics. But I have two daughters and I want them to grow up to be whatever they want to be. So I'd be a hypocrite if I don't give you a job. So he hired me straight up telling me that he, he didn't think I should do this. But... One of like I used to think that he was punishing me or being rude or being horrible, and he might have been. He might have been punishing me and being rude and sexist, but it wound up being really beneficial. He would send me out into the back with all of his junk cars that hadn't moved in a decade or more or three decades, right? And he'd go pull that ABS module off, and I'd be like, what's an ABS module? And he's like, figure it out. And, <laughs> and so wow. I would have to go and figure it out, and then he would... He would like ask me random questions. Like I would bring him apart and he would say, all right, tell me what models that fits on. And I would have to do the research to figure out and go through all of the stuff to figure out, oh, this applied to this model and this model and this model, but not that model. And then I'd finally be done and come back to him and he would say, all right, and how does it work? And like, oh, and I thought he was just trying to keep me busy and out of his hair. And he might've been, (laughs) he might've just been like, go do something else and leave me alone. But oh my God, it was so hugely helpful and helped me become the mechanic that I am today in a lot of ways. Whoa. So it's, it's interesting, like how similar our stories actually <laughs> have been, because like one of the big hurdles for me was getting over, like, how, how do I justify wasting, wasn't a waste, but like four years of my life mm-hmm. getting a degree and then not using it. Right. Um, and, and it was, and it, that, that was hard. So I mean, also my degrees in psychology. So like, I mean, I have to deal with myself in my own mind, like all the time and my customers. So like, I guess I'm still like technically using it. Um, but the way I justified it in my own mind too, is like, okay, no one can take that away from me. No one can tell me I'm stupid. Cause I graduated with like good grades and like, okay, I've got that in my back pocket. But then also you have a degree from a prestigious college and you have like a double major. And so you have all of the schooling behind you as well. And yet you still made that choice and that change. And I yeah. think that there's a lot of people like us who are like, you know, you're, you do well in school, especially in high school, you have a guidance counselor mm-hmm. and it's like how much like, and I, I kind of say this all the time, so I'm not sure if we've talked about this before, but like how much do you wish that like your guidance counselor said to you, like, wow, you've got really good problem solving skills. You're, you know, you have really good spatial awareness. Yeah. Um, you're really good with like 
you know, math and science and physics and um, engineering, you know, be, you, you would be great for the trades. It's like, how often do you hear that for anyone, especially a woman, but like anyone who has those skills in, in high school? Yeah. I, I don't think nearly often enough. I mean, I was actively dissuaded by my guidance counselor from becoming a mechanic. Or from even taking auto shop, let alone becoming a mechanic, because I didn't really, in high school, know that that was an option. Like, I, I took auto shop in high school, but I didn't know that becoming a mechanic as a career path was really a thing that I could do. Yeah. Um, but I was actively dissuaded from it. And yeah, I agree with you. I wish our guidance counselors, I wish our, our school system in general and our society was set up to say, hey this child is really good at X, Y, and Z instead of creating this hierarchy of this is a good school and this is a bad school and this is a good trade and that's a bad trade or this is a good career path because right. it's, it's so hurtful to the kids. Yeah, and I, so know, I know it's like well-intentioned because they're coming from, but they're only coming from their experience and mm-hmm. what they know. You know, and, and just like my dad telling me, you need to do what makes you money because that's what's going to make you happy. Right. It's like he had a really good paying job that made right. him miserable, but... It right. paid the bills and allowed him to do what he loved. Totally. So I Different think, perspectives. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think he was trying to do me harm by giving me that advice. Um, I think he just imagined, like, the mechanic that I have in my mind that I remember us going to as a family growing up, like, this sort of grumpy old guy, just, like, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, like, just grumpy and, like, you know, just, like, uh, the, like this angry old man in the back of his shop that was, like, all dirty all the time, like, kicking the dog <laughs> sort of guy. And uh, just, like... Hated the fact that that's what he fell into. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people fall into it. They don't make the active choice like we've been so fortunate to do that this is actually what I want to do. I could yeah. do anything. Well, not anything, because I, I learned I could not be a marine biologist because I get very seasick. So I could not <laughs> live in a boat, unfortunately, because I would love to. But there are some things we just can't do. But uh, out of all the things that, uh, that I had options to do, actually, my mom told me recently that I had some backup plans. Oh, what so, were your backup plans? Um, I wanted to Curious. be... A truck driver. Okay. A medium. Okay. A pirate or a marine biologist. You could potentially be the medium and the truck driver simultaneously. Those yeah, could. could go well hand in hand. Well, I think you have to be focused. And if you're like really, really focused and channeling energy, you'd hate to be like in the middle of traffic doing that. No, but you could do like <laughs> truck stop medium work. Oh, I could. Yeah, and psychic work. Yeah, I was, I was, I was on the right path for people. Um, but, uh, but marine biologist. I actually started out. I actually started out with this. You know, like, all right, I'll find, find I'll do marine biology as like point. You know, plan B. And then I went to live on a boat, and then I realized that I, you know, some people get seasick the first three days, and that's it. I thought I wanted to go into politics. Oh. I at one point thought that I was going to be the first Jewish president. Has there not been a Jewish president? <laughs> no. Oh. I was going to be the first short female Jewish president was my plan. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's very specific. Okay. I, wanted, I really, I wanted to go into politics. I wanted to be a president, um, the president. Now I'm like, oh God, no, I would never want that. That's a that lot of responsibility. That sounds awful. That's Absolutely a lot of responsibility. Absolutely awful. But yeah, no. So I can marine biologist handle. and president. Look what the world missed out on by no, us becoming you know. mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a pirate. I mean, I could be like pummeling your city right now. Thank God I'm not. Anyway. Oh my, goodness. oh my goodness. Let me see if there are any questions. Let's see. Somebody did ask Faye, what is your favorite thing to work on? Oh, yay. All right. I can answer that question. Yes. And you answer that while I read oh, the other okay. questions. Um, my favorite thing to work on. Honestly, 
I, I love Toyotas because that's my training. So it's what I feel the most comfortable in. I can make flat rate time on Toyotas because I do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I know it's going to make me money. And I know I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> and I can grab my tools and it's easy. Um, don't we all love gravy? Yes. But um, my favorite jobs are actually the jobs where the customer really cares about their car. Like they're excited about the repair and they're enthusiastic and they're just like so excited that they found me and they want this specific thing because they saw me do it on YouTube or like, or they just, um, or, or they're like really excited. They want someone who has like my attention to detail or like they relate to me, they relate to the car and like we have this little relationship. I love those customers because I know that the time and energy and effort that I take will be appreciated. Oh, I love that. Um, I also love working on cars where the customer is stuck in a bind and they have a certain budget and I'm stuck with the problem solving of, okay, they need a timing belt, front brakes, and tires, but they have 500 bucks. How do I make that look? Oh, God. You know, and like, what am I going to do? Like, what? So I'm going to do like do a thorough inspection. I'm going to make a game plan for them. And I know that like the next hour of my life spending time looking at this car is going to be spent for someone who really needs me and what I bring to the table in this exact moment. So if I feel like I'm doing good for the world and, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm with a customer who's enthusiastic, it really doesn't matter what I work on. Here's However, that. I really, really, really love uh, uh, 90s, uh, late 80s and early 90s Toyotas. <laughs> um, I think that's really interesting because I, I know for me too it's the same. It's like I, I love working on cars, but I love working on cars because I love working with people. And cars are the way that I work with people. It is... It's the, it's the yeah. vehicle. It's the way what? that I do it. Oh my right? God, that play on words was, I'm, right? that was. You like that? Um, but that yeah, because people ask me all the time, what's your favorite car? What do you like? I'm like, they're all just nuts and bolts. What makes it meaningful is when you're being somebody's hero, when you're saving the day for them, when yes. you're helping them, you're teaching them, you're whatever, whatever the scenario is, but it's about the, the people. It really is. Oh. And okay, the psychologist in me is going to come out because um, that that was one thing that you sort of learned about the difference, like the major differences in the psyche of most men and women in general is that men tend to be gravitate towards things and women tend to gravitate towards people. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that here we are, women in a mechanical, in a thing field, and we're relating to the people. I just yeah. find that really interesting. And, and I think that actually is a strong point for us in, in so many ways. No, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. But also, like, I was talking to my machinist friend, Danny, who, um, who, we were, he just was finishing up this amazing engine, and um, this gorgeous engine, he found the exact paint code for, like, the specific, is, like, only two years of, like, this AMC, and did this engine beautifully, and I was like, oh my god, the customer's gonna love it, and he's like, you know what, actually, the customer doesn't really care, doesn't really care what it looks like, just wants it to run. So like he did all that attention to detail stuff for himself, for himself and it like bumped him out that the customer didn't care as much as he did. So it might not be just a female trait either, yeah. but like also just like a, like a, a female characteristic that both men and women can have. Yeah. All right, there we go. Interesting. All right. One more, another interesting question okay. that I think is kind of a, this is a specific question. Um, the question was, how do you handle or what is your advice for people who feel like they are being judged for their tattoos more than for their talent? Oh. Have you ever experienced that? Do you um, feel like people judge you for your tattoos? Yes, but I also, um, that, that, oh my God, that sucks. Especially when you have someone who's just like, you know, maybe like uh, from a different generation or, um, or just from a different, from a different world than you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you feel like you're like personally offending them, even though like in your heart, you just like love this customer, but like you feel like who you are offends them. Oh, isn't that the worst? I hate that. Um, but I will say that, um, 
even in the summers at the dealership, I had to cover everything up. And whenever I go to a job interview, doesn't matter. I cover everything up. Not because I'm ashamed of who I am, because I love my tattoos. Every single one has a very long story behind it. Long story. Can you believe that? Shocking. Um, but it has like a deep meaning to me. Yeah. So if someone is like offended by something that I have in my body, it's like a part of my story and it actually like, kind of hurts my feelings. I'm very sensitive. Um, but going into a job, like, it, so if I was to go into like a job interview, I would not look like this ever. So um, why? I mean, I think I know the reason, but I want to hear, I want to hear from you. Well, because I want my experience and my resume and my professionalism and what I have to say to speak for itself. I want to make it as easy as possible for me to get a job. Um, and I, and I, and I don't want to make it any harder for myself than I need to. I already can't hide the fact that I'm a girl and sometimes people do judge me for that. You know, it's like kind of a bummer. Um, but no, I, uh, I've actually even dyed my hair, hidden the fact that I have dreads, tied them up. I wear glasses. I'll take out all my piercings. Um, if it's a job that I really care about, because at, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I, I mean, yes, I want to be true to myself, but also my personality, I'm not, that can't be changed. I have some outward things that make me look unique, but I am unique inside of myself. I don't have to have colored hair or stuff in my face or tattoos to be, to be who I am. So, um, yes, I do feel like I'm being judged, but I also don't allow myself to be in a situation where I am judged. And now of course, now that I own my own business, I'm very picky about the customers that I have. I actually don't even have any, I'm not allowing more customers in and I'm, and I was all word of mouth at the time. And when I own my own business, I just, I was completely myself. I'm like, here I am, this is me. But when I work for someone else, I feel like you did sort of, uh, you know, I, I did sort of have to, you know, play into the game, but I mean, it's, it's part, of, I think that there's a lot of people that have to hide a little bit of, of their own personalities, whether it's just like not speaking about their political beliefs or their religious beliefs. Or, I mean, there's so many things that we have to hide to fit into the general world. Well, and I think sometimes it's just to get the foot in the door, right? Yeah, like exactly. I, I remember exactly. somebody, I remember when I was younger and I, um, I, I, I didn't dress very well. I was always very like grungy and slumpy and, um, and kind of just did my own thing. And, and I, I looked like a, a tough bitch <laughs> like, if I'm allowed to curse. Um, and, and I remember talking with a mentor and I was like, people should just, you know, they should care about me for my personality they should like me for who I am and my talent and my skill and not about how I look. And you know, the whole don't judge a book by its cover. And she's like, that's great. But if they never get close to the book to pick it up and open it and get past the cover, they'll never know what's past there. Exactly. And so I think there's this element of I'm going to I'm going to present to get my foot in the door. And then once you get to know me, now exactly. I can show you then all you let of the things. things slide a little and, bit. <laughs> and now they already like they already know you. Right. But yeah, nobody will ever give you can give you a chance if you don't present well. Exactly. And I think that was a big takeaway that I got from that. Like, it's not that I don't want to be myself. It's that I want to be able to have the opportunity for people to even open the book. Uh, that's so well said. So well said. Absolutely. I really agree with that. You say things like so well, that's your superpower. That. I feel like, no, I think, I think, um, I think it's, it's one of my favorite um, types of intelligence. And what I think is actually the most, the, the most intelligent of all the types of intelligences is, is the create the creativity, the ability to like bridge domains. Hmm. So something that like, if you're an artistic thinker, but you're trying to explain a mechanical concept, you're really good at bridging those things together. That's a real skill set. And you guys, like, for those of you that have ever, like, watched the show, um, watch I have no Girls idea Garage. where she's going with this. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how many people, like, actually just know us from Instagram or, like, know us from the show. Probably. Probably more of your audience than mine. More from the show. But anyway. I'm new. Yeah. I'm new, but, like, <laughs> um, behind the scenes, I really struggle to, like, say 
anything, like if I'm not talking about something on the show or like if I'm not talking about like, and this is this part and I'm gonna be doing this with it. If I have to like say something or like describe something or like even just say like, this is what we're working on and like, welcome. It's, um, it's a real challenge. Bogey is just like so good at, um, at describing anything. Like Janice, <laughs> like one of the behind the scenes people today was like, Bogey's like this one, it's like one hit Bogey. Like she's just so good and she helps me one so. Take bogey. One take Bogey. One take Bogey. Oh, one hit, oh my God, I'm sorry. One take Bogey. You said, you said it's better than one hit wonder. I was that like, as oh long God. as I'm not a one um, hit wonder. She's no. giving herself a hard time. She's really not oh, nearly really as awkward. bad as she thinks insecure, she is insecure. at all. <laughs> and this is only your second season. Yeah, so I'm learning it's slowly. New. It is, it's all new. I've got, I've got a couple of years on you doing the show. So. But that's also, I think, where your education comes in as well. You know, and it's like, because I get that question a lot. It's just like, do you feel like it was a waste? Like, did you waste your money? Did you waste your time no. getting your degree? I, do, I mean, do you feel like you wasted your time getting a degree? Um, I, that's a hard one for me. I don't know. I mean, I want to say no, I, but I also want to be honest. I don't, I don't actually know the answer to that question because sometimes I think like, what if I didn't listen to my dad? And what if I actually took auto shop in high school? How much different would my life be right now? So I took auto shop in high school. And then I went to college and I, I feel like I don't regret any of those parts and pieces. Like they, they all make me who I am. Yeah. Like all of the steps of the path and all of the different winding roads and divergences that I took, like they all wound up leading me to where I am. And if I hadn't done any of those steps, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. I wouldn't be who yeah. I am now. And, and I, I, I do feel like we, having gone to a traditional four-year college and then also done the technical path, um, I think we kind of have a little bit of a unique perspective because we've done both. And I feel like it's allowed me at least to see how our society does a disservice and an injustice to young people because we we force them to choose one or the other and they miss the whole piece, right? There's stuff that I learned in college that I never would have learned in technical school if I'd only gone to technical school. And there's stuff I learned in technical school that I never learned in college. Yeah. And I am who I am because I got both. And wouldn't it be great if, if our kids got both and then got to choose their own path for what fit for them instead of being told that one was better than the other or one was the right path? Yeah. Or, right? Like it, or, or like what if we taught all of the things to all of the kids? I look at a 17 year old now, I'm like, how are you supposed to know what you want to do when you grow up? Like, what the? That's, that's impossible. I still don't know what I want to be when so I grow seriously, up. So seriously, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to that. So what, um, what has been your biggest challenge in your career? Ooh, um, getting over myself. Mm. I am my own worst critic. Cheers, I am my bring back own the drink. Cheers to that. worst self-doubter. Anybody else relate and, to that one? Um, <laughs> and I get stuck in my own head so much. And I overanalyze everything. And it's like, gosh, even like, all right, you guys. I, I held my first wrench in 2008. I started in the automotive career in 2010. So 10 years technically. Um, and I still have those moments where I'm like, crap. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, I suck. I don't block... I shouldn't be a mechanic. What am I doing with my life? You know? And it's because like, I'm such a perfectionist and my family had extremely, I mean, bless them for this, but like my parents had such high standards for yes. me, 
you know, if I did not get all A's, it was not acceptable. Mm -hmm. I got in trouble if I didn't get all A's in school and if I didn't do well in sports and if I didn't do all, all right. the things and do my chores and like such high expectations of me that that has carried into my adult life to the point where I don't know how to relax and I don't know how to like give myself a break or say, whoa, Faye, you're, you're human. Okay. Um, so sometimes like, and, and especially like the past couple years now, like working for myself and with myself and only by myself, the only standard I have is myself. And then working with Bogey, who's also like the best technician I know and has extremely high standards too. So I'm just like, crap. <laughs> um, so uh, we are both incredibly hard on ourselves. Very hard. Ridiculously. And um, it's crazy because it, it wasn't until like recently where I started, where I started working at a shop with other people and I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. Like, not that like, okay, not that I would say like, oh, I do that better than them because that, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just like, okay, okay. People have different standards for themselves. Like, people call them, themselves a mechanic with like this much skill level. Like, okay, take a step back. And I, and I think there is like some sort of like a little bit of a fraud mentality that's carried over for me because I, I don't have a degree in automotive. I did not go to tech school. All of my learning, all of my knowledge has been hands on. I'm self taught. Um, I read some books kind of, but not really. Uh, I read some ASE books to pass the tests, you know, um, and, and all my, my training has been through other people. So recently, you know, with my, uh, I have, I have a new mentor now in my, you know, in my 10th year of automotive, my friend Danny at the machine shop, and I'm learning a, a lot more about how turbos work and how the internals of engines work and like all this stuff. And I'm sort of relearning things that other people have taught me wrong. And I'm like trying to discern for myself what's right. And you realize that there's so many different ways to do things. And sometimes I get so caught up in like, what's the right way? It's like, oh, why well, right. I loved math. That's like two plus two is always equal four. Right. You know, but in automotive, yes, it's broken. Yes, it's fixed. But there's so many different ways to get from broken to fixed. Yeah. And, um, and also the internet is mean. The internet is harsh. And some you are more post... right than others. Oh, yes. But yes, there's yes, also definitely. multiple ways to skin a cat, which is a horrible phrase. Um, Poor but, cats. But, but there are, and I, you know, and nobody knows everything. Mm. And that's, your point of some people will call themselves a mechanic with this much experience. That's and true, I find yeah. that there's, there are those people who will have like changed their oil once and they're like, I'm a mechanic. I know how to change <laughs> oil. And then there's yeah. people who yeah. will work in the field <laughs> for 40 years and still not think of themselves as a skilled mechanic because they know that there's more to learn. Yes. And there's a happy medium somewhere in between there. Yeah. Right. And you and I get kind of stuck on that, that other extreme of I'm not perfect yet. So therefore I'm not good. <laughs> no, right. Exactly. And, and I know a lot of ladies, particularly I've spoken with a lot of ladies who, who struggle with that because they're like, Oh, I don't know X, Y, and Z. So I'm not real yet. I'm not official yet. I'm not legit yet. No, it, it's so and that's hard. Not, and that's not true because no. nobody knows everything. No, no, no. It, it's so hard. And like, that's why um, sometimes I get criticized for specializing in Toyota. But it's like, you know what? I really want to know a lot about one thing um, just because it makes it easier for my career to specialize and just become a master of something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can, I can be so knowledgeable. I can tell you anything there is to know about this this one thing but then there's someone else that's a mechanic that can tell me a whole bunch about this totally. one thing that i know nothing about totally. it's like you know you when remember you telling me about when you went to school and you, and you had uh the like chevy 350 and it's like that's something that you know everyone took apart well i you know since i never went to school i never had the experience of like you know a, a small block chevy that everyone else had so it took me a while to realize what the heck is a push rod you know or like the camshaft's in there well i thought they were up here you know so it's like you, you learn so much. You become a master of one thing. Of what you do. Yeah. Of what you do. And 
there, especially with, with how advanced automotive has become, mm -hmm. you know, I've really had to get more into diagnostics of like electrical systems and emission systems. Yeah. And so, you know, those are things that I have to deal with more in, a, in my daily life rather than like, yeah, you know, push rods in a small black Chevy. I don't know. It's like the things that everyone knows about that they yeah. think you're stupid that you don't, you don't know about. Then you're like, oh my God, maybe I am a fraud. Oh crap. Oh my God. But anyway. So in the name of the fact that like we often, you know, I think a lot of folks think of themselves as frauds because we don't know everything yet, which is I'd love to dispel that myth and I'd love to be able to free everybody from, from that mindset trap. Oh my right? God, totally. Um, that's part of the reason why I, I do the, the fuck up Fridays. Um, oh, I love you know, we're, we're sharing our mistakes and our failures because I think it's important for everybody to see that even the people who you look up to, um, or the people who you think are better than you that they F up just like you like that we all F up So is that like the magazines were like celebrities? They're just like you they get coffee and you're like, uh, no, now I hear about how they F up <laughs> So along those lines, I want to know how you F up. I want I want to know um, What is what would you say has been your biggest that, that you can think of? Um, or just an example that is of such a situation a good question. where you have like just totally effed up and then how you handled it. Oh my gosh, this, uh, this one's really going to hit me in the feels because, um, my, my biggest thing, like you already, you guys already know, like I just said, I'm such a self doubter. I'm such a self doubter and I tend to take other people, other people's word as God, um, way above my own and my own, um, my own intuition. I tend to think is just like, you know, nah, um, and trust other people. So for the longest time, um, for five years, uh, five years ago, I rebuilt the engine of my Supra and, um, of course she knew I was going to talk about my Supra because I can't not talk about my Supra all um, every day. All roads lead to Supra. Yes. Um, so five years ago I rebuilt the engine of my Supra and I was so proud of it. It was like the first build that I did on my own, uh, like the first engine build I did completely on my own from start to finish. Now there are a couple things that I could not do on my own because I mean, who has like the super like hundred thousand dollar, like, you know, resurfacing machine. So I took my cylinder head to a machine shop that was well known for doing cylinder heads and the guy that owned it has like this old Woody that he drag races that has a 2JZ and I'm like, oh, this guy knows Toyota's, like he's good and he had been recommended to me by so many people. So I, sent, I gave him my cylinder head and I needed it resurfaced because I was gonna use a metal head gasket. I needed a machine shop to do this work. There's no way I could avoid it. And also the engine was total garbage. So I had a lot of machine work I needed. Got it back, put it back together and I drove it a little bit. I have maybe 500 miles on the engine right now. Um, and five years later, I'm completely rebuilding it after 500, only 500 miles on it. And this thing broke my heart. So I spent, I it took a couple years off because it like hurt my heart, but I spent five years trying to diagnose a problem on this engine. And I overlooked the work that someone else did. You assumed it was something I assumed it was me. I assumed it was me. I kept saying like, man, like what did I do wrong? And what, what ended up happening, so for those of you who don't know, um, my cylinder head was warped. And so the engine overheated. It's an inline six cylinder, very, very long head, a long aluminum head. And a lot um, of material to warp. <laughs> oh yeah. And um, even though like it's a very, like Toyota, like it's, it's overbuilt. Like it's an yeah. industrial style motor. Like this thing is beefy, but it had been overheated. Yeah. The previous owner had blown the head gasket. Oh, go figure, 7M problems. And, um, and before the, before the machine shop had resurfaced the head, they never checked it for straightness. So it was crooked. The cylinder head had worked. It was crooked. They just resurfaced it 
as is. So instead of like, if I was to just take that cylinder head, bolt it down, it would have straightened itself out a little bit, probably wouldn't have sealed on the metal head gasket, but because it had been surface warped, I bolted it down and had sort of kept it in perpetual, perpetual crookedness. Um, if that's a word. Sure. Um, so what was happening was my cams were seizing in the cylinder head and my cam gears kept on spinning off. And every time I'm like, man, how stupid are you, Faye? You forgot again to torque down. Like I kept on thinking that I forgot to torque something down and I rechecked myself. I rechecked myself. And every single time I was rechecking the same work I was already doing. And I'm like, it must be something I don't understand. It must be something I don't get. And that probably set me back in terms of just like, I mean, not just time, but confidence. That's, that's what I mean. Not like, because the time that, that will come. And that lesson that I learned is worth every single year that I spent in agony over this freaking car. But like, it, it really affected. I mean, and, and honestly, yeah. that was the big reason why I didn't feel confident going out and working on the montage. My car was still a mess. How do I call myself a Toyota technician when my Toyota that I built myself doesn't run yeah. because of something that I thought that I did wrong and it messed with me. And, um, and it's like, it's a, it's a lesson I've had to learn over and over and over again. And it's been a really hard one. And I think a ton of people can probably relate to that. Like, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there can relate to that. I know I can relate to that. Really? I, and it, there's a happy balance there somewhere because it, it is true, right? When, when you do work on a car and then there's a problem, the, the rule is the first thing you do is recheck your work because the odds are it isn't a coincidence that you <laughs> touched X and now Y is broken. Like, odds are it's related somehow. But at the same time... There, there's also this piece of like self-blame oh my God, that I think yeah, happens definitely. and diminishing and belittling our own value and our own skill. Yes. And, and God, I'm, I, I have 10 years on you in this industry and yet I still go through that. I remember very, very clearly agonizing over the Chevy Montage with, <gasps> with things and beating myself up and hemming and hawing and second guessing and judging myself so, so harshly until I, until I talked to other people, until I talked to other builders and learned that that was normal, right? (laughs) Like the problems that I was having were normal problems to have and everybody struggles with them. But I think what happens is we create this silence and this shame thing that happens where we're like, oh, I, I effed up. I'm not perfect. I'm not good enough. I'm ashamed of that fact, so I'm not going to talk to anybody about how I effed up. And then when you finally get the balls to be like, oh my God, I effed up so bad, and then 15 other people are like, I've totally done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's so like, amazing, right? Because like the fitment of the fenders, that the brand new fenders was garbage, brand right? Brand new fenders on the Chevy Montage, brand new fenders that were supposed to fit perfectly, right? Because they're brand new, clearly. Um, and I know aftermarket parts never fit, but I didn't know that for metal pieces, for body pieces. And Joni, one of the ladies who was on the build, uh, she and I literally spent two days second guessing ourselves, taking the front end of this truck apart and putting it back together 17 times, thinking it must have been something we did wrong. It must have been some way that we effed up because we didn't know any better. And finally I threw in the towel and you know, 
crying and feeling like I'm, we're never gonna get this done and who the heck do we think we are to be able to do this? And I called a, a friend and I said, what am I doing wrong? And he just laughed and said, oh, they never fit. You just have to cut them and force them. And I'm like, okay. But then amazingly, we spent another two days hemming and hawing about how to cut them. Ah! We were terrified. Perfectionist. <laughs> Perfectionist must, right? But then you learn from that because now flash forward two years later and something doesn't fit and people are hemming and hawing about it. And I'm like, eh, just cut it. Yeah. Yeah. And I have not had quite that experience. So like, even if you've ever noticed, like watching the show, like I'm always terrified of like cutting or you know, messing or drilling into something that's like brand new and Bogey's like, I got this. I'm like, okay, you do it then. Cause I'm scared of cutting and breaking and right. messing with it. But I think that's the life lesson. Like yeah. the first time you do anything is terrifying. The The first time I rode on a roller coaster, I, I not only chewed my nails off, I practically chewed my fingers off. I was so terrified to go on this roller coaster. And the minute I was done, I was like, oh my God, that was amazing. I want to do it again. And so oh God, not me. I'm just like, who torqued these bolts? The apprehension. The fear is so much more frightening than the thing itself. And the first time you do something, it's terrifying. The second time you do it, you're like, okay, I've done this once before. The third time you do it, you're like, <laughs> old hat. Yeah, true, true that. <laughs> right? So we've all been there. We've all done that. That was a really good question. Yeah. yeah, thanks for asking Absolutely. Because that. that's like, that's also something that, you know, you're kind of, what, what you said about like being afraid to talk about it. I was totally afraid to talk about it. I was totally afraid to talk about it. And, um, and it, and it wasn't until I just like, you know, confided in a friend who ended up like changing my life. And I'm just like, I don't understand what's going on with this. Like I've, I've taken this apart. Like what the heck is going on? And it just, it, I mean, that, and that experience has led me to rebuilding my engine. And it completely changed my life, you know? So it's like, sometimes we have to, we have to be like, big enough to admit, like, I mean, it was hard, like, man, it hurt a lot to be like, okay, I give up. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. And it's like, whoa, I, I couldn't have done that anyway. Like, right. you know, but you never know what's going to come out of that. Like sometimes you give up and someone else comes along and is like, oh, man, here you go. And you're like, oh, huh, well, you know, okay. Then I, then I learned something. Okay. I, I, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, other, and then other times, it, you know, it really is like a beautiful lesson you can get out of it. So you never, you never know. Yeah. But Shockingly, our time is flying. Oh, is it? Oh, when, the, when the two of us talk, that's what happens, as you can tell. This is what it's like nonstop on set with us, I by know. the way. It's just pure ridiculousness. <laughs> um, but um, so we, we, have, right, so we, have, we have 10 minutes left. So oh. um, uh, really quickly, I want to make sure that this gets out before anybody starts to leave. How do people find you if they want to find you? Oh, um, so you can find me at Pistons and Pixie Dust on Instagram or YouTube.com slash Faye Hadley. I really just do like Instagram and, and, and YouTube. I don't do TikTok like you. Have you seen her TikTok? I just videos? started TikTok, guys. They're amazing. But uh, TikTok <laughs> people are kind of mean. I don't think I'm ready for TikTok. The I don't comments know. are mean. I don't it's know. kind I of fun. I'm going to start sharing the TikTok videos with you guys soon. I've been a little bit like I'm playing around with it. It's like my secret safe space where I can play with stuff. And not be embarrassed in case, space. in case it's a total flop. There's not that many people following me yet. So <laughs> says Mrs. 2.3 million views Just over here. Okay. All right. No, <laughs> that was an but I'll, I'll start sharing those with you soon. But, um, but no, it's, it's, I want you guys to follow Faye. If you don't already, I want you to give her some love. You guys do, um, you guys, you, you do a ton of, so she has YouTube channel. 
but that she does a ton of DIY stuff and yeah, really yeah. helpful information. But in addition to that, you also... Oh, I have an automotive book club on Wednesday nights. Um, we're currently reading some Smokey Eunuch books, like the history of automotive racing. Really, really interesting. And then um, I have an automotive happy hour on Fridays at 3.30 um, Central Time. So, go. yeah. Yeah, with my friend Danny, who actually, like, like I just was talking about how, like, everything happens for a reason and how, like, you know, I finally admitted to somebody, like, I'm, like, I need help. Help me. And, like... You know, my friend Danny, who um, who's at the machine shop now, which is, you know, where, where I now do a lot of my work, like, he was the one that just was like, no, it's this is this is okay. I see this all the time. Uh, this is not your fault, you know? And, um, and he's taught me so much about, like, actually rebuilding the engine, and I've been able to do it myself and learn so much. It's like, you know, so, so yeah, I do, I do both of those with him, and it's awesome. So definitely give her a follow, check her out, check out her YouTube, check her out on Instagram, um, and obviously check us out together on All Girls, All Girls Garage. Garage. <laughs> um, so in our, in our last eight minutes that we have, um, what's next for you, Faye? Oh, gosh. Like, do you have, what should we be looking out for? Do you have a plan or a thought or a vision of what you'd like to do next? Yes. You guys need to be looking out for my super build because it's literally <laughs> like changing my life. Um, you know, it's like I thought it, I thought it was done back then, five years ago. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in that build is that like, you know, everything, everything happens for a reason. And I've slowly learned to like do the, the few things that I had, that I paid someone else to do. I'm now like, I now realized we're, I, I spent so much money paying someone else to, I'm like pointing at you. No, I spent so much money for someone else to do them. And like, they totally messed them up because no one cares about your project as much as you do, you know? So, um, I, I've, I've had a chance after some epic, epic failures that have brought me to tears and have ruined days of my life. I'm just like laid on the floor crying over like things. I'm very emotional. Did I say that? Um, I, I, I'm now like rebuilding the car from scratch. Like I'm literally exactly where I was five and a half years ago on this car. Like I have the longest term project ever. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's been this beautiful thing because, you know, oftentimes, and we talk about this a lot, that like sometimes on the show, we sort of feel like we're doing a disservice because yeah. we do so much work, you guys, in um, in several days, and it ends up being a snippet of twenty two minutes. But those things are pre planned. We we plan them out. We, we like we do a ton of research ahead of time. Like all this stuff goes into it, yeah. and like it's our work, it's our job, like our life goes into it. Then we have a car that's our project car on the side. And that's not our work. So, like, we don't have the same amount of we energy and effort and thought. We don't get paid for it. So, like, no one's project car. Like, sometimes you see this thing happen right away so fast. And, like, you start to think to yourself, why can't I build a car that fast? And, like, life doesn't really happen. that's not reality. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And it's not that, it's not that we're being disingenuous on the show. No. We're not. Because if it was a fake show, neither of us would want to do it. Um... So exactly what you see on the show is, is what you get if you were to be, just be watching us do it. Yeah. But that being said, like, I, I've, I've gotten so many comments. On, like, I post a picture of my Supra and people are like, when's it going to be done? Why isn't it done yet? With it, the, the biggest lesson I've learned from that car is to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. And that whether it is sanding in 107 degree heat and being fucking miserable, freaking miserable, there's a lesson to be learned there. Mm -hmm. There's a way I'm becoming a better person there. Um, and I'm so excited for the chance to like redo the things I've already done. Not because I'm happy to spend the money again, not because I'm happy to buy all those gaskets again, not because, but because like, I've seen how much I've improved over the past mm -hmm. five years. And like, honestly, like there's reliving, I'm looking back on that time in 2015. I'm not going to cry. 
She's totally gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. Um, That was like the best time of my life. And even then, I rushed it because I'm just like, I just wanna get it done. So, like, everything that we do has a purpose and a meaning. And, like, I only had one one drink, you guys. Like, no. Um, But, like, honestly, like, redoing that, redoing that project that, like, has so much meaning to me is, like, the greatest thing I've ever done. And I love it. (laughs) Okay. Um, But it's, like, but it's also, like, a part of who you are. And it also shows, like, your skill set. And it shows, like, there's, there's so much to it. So, like... Honestly, like, there's nothing I'm more excited about and there's nothing more proud. Like, if there's anything that I'm going to, like, look back on in 10 years, it's going to be this build in this car. So, that's what's next for me. So, st- stay it. tuned. Keep watching for and She's that. been sharing the whole process on, on YouTube. <laughs> obsessively. So, obsessively. And it's also tattooed here. So, so, so do <laughs> check it out and you can learn all about it. And, um... I love it. I'm not going to cry, you guys. I'm we, not emotional. She's Did I already say that? crying. She's lying. No, she's not. lying right now. Not emotional. <laughs> but not it's sensitive okay. at all. It's okay. <laughs> we, we love that. There is, there is crying in auto repair. Oh my God. So true. Um, okay. We have like four minutes, but <laughs> that, that being said, like, do you remember that time when, uh, it's like, sometimes like people will see, it's like social media world and like, I don't know, like just our culture in general, how we present ourselves online. I mean, no one wants to share Fuck a Friday is one thing, but like no one wants to share like the sad parts, the hard parts, the dark parts. So there's so many times when people see pictures of me or of anyone online and they're like, whoa, look at all the stuff you do. And like one of my favorite pictures from the Chevy Montage build is from timing that the BMW engine. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know, that was a project that was what took two days or at least one full day. And I spent yeah. about two hours outside in tears as we were trying to do that. Uh, she wasn't story. alone with that either. There was a lot of tears. Oh, we cried together, actually. Uh, we both got really frustrated with that project. And, like, it took a it took probably 24 hours total to figure all of that out. Like, it is, it was, it was a real struggle. It was a task, yeah. So for every picture that you see online of even, like, us doing things that, like, we do, you know? Don't forget how much struggle went into every second of like getting there. Whether it was struggle for just that one thing or years of experience before that of struggle and self-deprecating thoughts and like <laughs> negativity and beating ourselves up and like you know stressing Lots, out crying in the know? bathroom. It's like yeah. none of this, <laughs> yeah. none of no, like I don't know about you but like none of this came easy to me. Like yeah. I'm just I, I'm not really like mechanically brained. I'm here because I really, truly have a passion for cars. Um, other things, like, school came easy for me. Even being a psychologist, or being a, I'm sorry, being a therapist came easy to me. Yeah. This did not come easy to me, but it's truly what I love to do. And so, like, for those of you who are thinking that you belong in this field, but it's hard, or, like... Or you don't know where you, to start, or... Right, yeah. Just, like, don't think that any of us just woke up one day and are like, we're gonna do this, and then we just did it. Like, that's... That's no. not how it happens, y'all. Well, we did wake up one morning and decide I'm going to do this. But then we worked our butts off. Right, right. And we, and <laughs> yeah. we fell on our faces a lot. And, oh, and God, we got yeah. back up. And sometimes we didn't want to get back up. And but, we, yeah. but we did anyway. <laughs> and sometimes we still do. Like, we still fall on our faces. Oh. I mean, we had, we've had plenty of those moments on All Girls Garage already. Like, behind the scenes in this, in this season, there's plenty of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you know, like you said, like, we both specialize in our own way. 
But, you know, how boring would the show be if all we did was 90s Toyotas and, like, you know, modern BMWs? You guys would get bored of that, right? So, like, we work on a whole variety of things. I don't know. Would you guys get bored of that? Would you guys get bored of that? Should we do that? We need... Maybe. Okay, I'm going to pitch something. Okay. What do you think about this? We have one minute left. Would you guys like us to re-log on and do some more time and answer some more questions and hang out with you guys a little longer? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. In less than a minute, they are going to shut us down. So I'm going to restart another live. If that's that works. a lot of hearts it's, going up, <laughs> it's going to take it's going to take about a minute or two because I have to save this one so it doesn't go away, and then we'll come right back. Okay, so I'm going to say goodbye, and we will be right back in like two minutes. So don't go anywhere. Tune in. We'll be right back. All right. <laughs> 